Welcome to 3 and D, your source for great NBA talk from our spot here in the T-Dot. My name is Dave Levitt. That's the D. This week's three, we look at that Nets-Sixers matchup that kind of was a rivalry game. I mean, we're going to ask how excited are you to see the real thing in the playoffs. Then we talk a little bit about Tyler Hero and the expected contract that he's uh, looking at signing. There's rumors out there that he's a max guy. We break it down. And finally, in uh, celebration of Greg Popovich becoming the all-time winningest coach of the last uh, of the NBA, we look at the last 25 years and pick our favorite coaches. As usual, my co-host, neighbor Brandon, is here. So sit back, relax, and let us walk you through the th- big three stories from around the association. Brando. Yes, sir. What's up? What's going on, sir? I know, just enjoying my Sunday morning. Got a got a uh, cup of coffee. Got uh, yep. got your feet up. A cup of the coffee. Uh, we went to some. Uh, we did some fajitas last night at Lone Star, and my stomach is just no bueno today. Right? That's oh, really another day. Yeah. 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 Well, that's well, hey, let, me t- let me tell you something. We went to um, you know the 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 plaza up by um Highway Seven in East Beaver Creek, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look, I've been going there for twenty years, twenty five years, right? I've never seen it as busy as it was last night. People, like, they need to get out, man. Oh, it's you. It's going to be everyone is outside. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what it is too is everything's reopening, um, and people are like, okay, I can go out, and then they realize I can't afford to go on a real vacation, so I'm just going to go to the places that make me happy. Exactly. I don't blame yeah. them. I do you not know. blame them at all. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, the Tex-Mex places like Lone Star, uh, restaurants will see an uptick, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure for some uh, people as well, the um, the peeler bars will be back in, in full effect. Oh, oh yeah. James Harden. See, that's my segue because we're going to talk about James Harden. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great segue. You know, everything's reopening and James Harden can finally go and visit, go back, get on the, on the, on the road and, you know, just out there and see his happy places. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many times Atlanta, they go to Atlanta, um, but I'm sure he'll be very excited. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Atlanta and, 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 uh, and uh, Magic City and all those fun, fun places, the greatest, what was the greatest nickname? Well, you think the, before we get started, what are the two great nicknames that have been given over the pandemic to players? Over the pandemic? Yeah. The, the past, the, I think I have two and I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking here. So I, the, the pandemic has generated two really great nicknames. And one of them, of course, is street clothes. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. No, Good old I, street clothes I think nicknames. it's um, Data Davis. <laughs> Data Davis. Oh, that's a good one. That is an excellent one. But the other one I had is Lemon Pepper Lou. Oh, yeah. And I say I bring this up because we made lemon pepper wings last night. Like full on, got 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 a recipe. Oh my gosh, I uh, I can't I can't stress like I I cannot stress enough how good these things are. So I understand why why Lou is willing oh. to break a curfew for them. So you you did you did the dry rub there, eh? Oh no! See, here's the thing. Uh, we did the dry rub, but I did a toss. Oh, with a little lemon juice underneath and a little brown sugar in it. Oh my gosh. Listen, I'm gonna, I you know what? I'm going to, you know, if, because, and I have to tell you a funny story, and then we'll get into the show. I promise. Uh, but um, there's a, a friend of my wife's who uh, who was talking to. They were talking to her, and she um, she had heard the show, listened to the show, and she said, "Who is Brando?" And she said, uh-huh. "My wife said it's that's our neighbor." Oh, like legitimately, he's like your next door neighbor. Like, yeah. And for all of us, he's legitimately we share a property line. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon is legitimately my neighbor across. They thought it was a gimmick or something. I'm like, well, it kind of is, but he's legitimately Brando is next door. Yeah. We, uh, this show came out of us literally talking in the driveway for like 45 minutes at a time. And went like, we might as well just put this on the radio and so or on the, on the, on the internet and see if everyone wants to listen to it. So, there you go. <laughs> yep, basically. So, yeah. So the funny thing is, you are a real person. You are a real neighbor. I promise I'm not a robot. <laughs> uh yeah no he's, he's definitely not so back to my awesome segue of james harden james harden this week uh with his new team the sixers took on um the the nets ben simmons came out for warm-up took the booze then you know basically you know sat down and that was that because we knew he was never gonna play in this game 
We knew that. No, there's not a fucking snowball's chance in hell. Nope, not at all. But then it was on like Donkey Kong because the Nets came out and took those booze and wiped the floor with the Sixers. Yeah. If there was any yeah. thought that this might be a back and forth play, this was not it. It was brutal. But how? Uh, KD said uh, basically, if you come at uh, if you come at us, if you come at Ben, you come at us. Yeah. Kyrie Irving said, like, listen, we don't care who they like and who they are. We're we're, we're coming for them. Um, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid did not even acknowledge each other. Harden and Durant uh, were in, got into a little yeah, they got a little match. yeah yeah a little the, ref, the, ref goal. the ref said a goal, which I really really enjoyed. Yeah. Even Seth Curry walked by his his father in law and gave him the dagger eyes. Like it is, it is on. Yeah. So my question off the top is, how excited are you for these two teams to meet in the second round of the playoffs? Oh, for please, God, and I, I really hope that. And I love, you know, look, look, I have two thoughts here. I'm so excited. I can't even focus. But Ben <laughs> yeah. Simmons, Ben Simmons is going to be back for the playoffs. Yes. That. Um. And. You know, with all the restrictions easing, it's going to be full houses in either stadium. So, mm. and Kyrie, we should Kyrie should be able Kyrie to play should be able to play home. So that's I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Look, I was hyping up uh, the tenth, like the, when they played each other a couple of days ago. I was hyping it up so much, like my brother in laws and stuff. And I'm like, yo, this is going to be wild. But then, like, I think about two weeks before, I'm like, yo, Ben Simmons might not even be there but then he showed up to his credit uh you, did you see the videos of people like uh surrounding the team bus and like calling him a bitch and stuff oh yeah no i mean it's philly right so those guys are nuts to begin no, with you, you, that's one of the worst places to make an enemy out of so it's funny they ran a thing on on espn this week about um top five philly villains and like Terrell Owens when he came back with the Cowboys, yeah, uh, and and was just like giving them the Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, let me hear it. Um, so he embraced it, right? And then they had another one where, um, who was it? It was a baseball player. I can't remember now, but it was former former Philly came back. Bryce Harper? No, because Harper's net there now, right? Oh, he, oh, wow! It was, what about it, it was a former Philly that came back, and it was, um, I was forget it. It was like a pitcher. I can't remember. And they just they were so brutal. They were doing the 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 throat slash sign like it was. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, this is. I mean, famously, they're they're the they're the they're the fans who booed Santa Claus, right? So like, yeah. I mean, and and Ben Simmons, you ain't no Santa Claus. So, look, I, I can identify with uh, those fans. You know, Philly's a really blue collar city. I'm a blue collar guy. You know what I mean? So no, absolutely, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I'll give. Here's the thing about Philly fans is that while they are famously tough, they are also famously behind their teams right yep like if you're if you're if they're if you're giving your effort if you're there they're, they're fine they don't they don't expect championships every year that what they expect are our effort and so like i'm telling you i am so pumped up to see these these two in a playoff series. and there's an outside chance outside like let's say they stay in the eighth slot and toronto stays in the seven and then um they beat the they beat the, the raptors in the in the first game of the play-in tournament then they get seven. Yeah. And that means and, – and it looks like Philly might finish second in the conference. I'm just uh, saying, Yeah, man. well, they're, they're only half a game behind Milwaukee, right? So, yeah, that's definitely doable. That's what I'm saying. And then look and then look out for – can you imagine having to play that series in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. Brutal. Br- something, something's going to go down. The, the TV ratings will just take a nosedive after that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I think there's. I. I mean, maybe you're right. I think pulling in casual fans, you're right, but I honestly think that um, as a basketball fan and as someone who's going to watch the playoffs, I mean, I, I was probably going to watch most of it, but I'm going to be dialed in because there are. There's not a bad, like storyline anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, if, if we look at this series as one, like Miami could play the Raptors could play Miami in the first round. That would be good too. Kyle Lowry versus Fred Van Vliet in a playoff series? Come on. Yep. Uh, you know, I the Chicago uh trying to get, you know, for all of its games this year, can they can they actually put it together and get out of the first can DeMar um lead it to be the primary guy and continue to lead a team and then go forward? 
juicy, juicy stuff. And then you go out west. Is Phoenix really this good? Is Denver, is, is Jokic able to, I mean, right now Jokic is carrying a team and it's like him and four guys named who, right? It's yeah. ridiculous. I'm just saying, man, I, I got to tell you, I'm really excited for the playoffs, which are a little over a month, about a month, just over a month away. Can't wait. Yeah, like, I, I can't wait. I want to see Jamal, speaking of the West Coast and uh, uh, Jokic, I want to see uh, Jamal Murray make his comeback, man. Yeah, let's fingers crossed. That, you know, it's kind of been radio silence for him, but was, we want to see that, you know? Well, they, they showed pictures of him dunking, like, uh, not even pictures, videos of him dunking, like, two months ago. So he's got to be close. Let's, let's hope so, man, because I uh, – listen – uh, you and I are, are huge ball fans, and I think we're both big Canada basketball fans. And so Jamal Murray coming back and playing uh, really well on his club team means that he's probably ready for his national team, and we can maybe start thinking about qualifying in the next round, right? Yeah. We got Nick Nurse, so we got a good coach. Um, if we can get commitments from the guys to come in, and I think Jamal Murray is a key player. Like if Jamal goes, then I think we might get some of the other guys to come on board because he's kind of a leader. Anyway, Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited. I think uh, we might be entering the golden age of Canadian hoops here. Well, they keep saying that, but we got to get the guys to show up. They got to show up and, and, and play in these tournaments, right? Yeah. Like Lou Dork, Ken Birch, those guys are great. But we need guys who are, are superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I like Lou Dork, but he's not a superstar. Well, we can get all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. You know? <laughs> no, he's too big for us now, but he's big time in this, bro. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's Hollywood. He's got Hollywood. He's, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's on the greatest uh, show on the on the court right there. Yeah. Anyway, you know, like I, I can dog that guy a little bit, but you know, I listen. I understand completely contract situations and injury situations. But once your contract is set up, and, and Andrew Wiggins, you've got the bag already. You already got it. Mm-hmm. Get come out here and put on the, the the red and white. Everyone says, "Oh, I'd like to. I want to." No, just do it. Just do it. We should be able to field a team of all NBA guys. We should. It's not that hard. Absolutely. You know, like you go on, you play because for some reason, Damian Lillard can go. You sure as hell can go yourself, man. Like Damian Lillard had a bad back, and I think part of the reason his season has gone the way it has is because he pushed himself. But he was like, no, no, USA basketball. I'm going. I'm going to go get an Olympic medal. Like there has to be a drive for it, and I don't know that it's necessarily been there because of the the nature of a lot of Canadian players in the NBA going up, where like they were fringe guys, they were like eighth or ninth guys. So if I, you know, if you get injured, you probably aren't playing. But you got the bag, guys. You got the money. Let's go. Let's go. You got a real coach. Not that Jay Triano wasn't a great, you know, developmental coach, but you got an NBA championship coach. Exactly. Let's go. Because you know what? Like Brandon and I, our days are, you know, I'm going to speak for, for us. Maybe Brandon could get back out there. I can't get out there and fill that 12th man spot. I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Oh, oh listen. My, my... I got one and a half ankles, so. <laughs> uh, I was, your one and a half ankles is still better than whatever I got going on over here, man. <laughs> I'm I've, I've I've jokingly said that I'm uh, in baseball. I went from being a shortstop, then I was a, a a pitcher. Now I'm a relief pitcher. I come in and throw like an you know two thirds of an inning. And I'm like, okay, call for the lefty. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Are relief pitchers supposed to be this winded? I don't know, but that's just the way it is. How is the pitcher breathing so hard? <laughs> man, he's really struggling to get in from from the bullpen. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, okay, um, you can catch us on our on our um, on our new podcast, Old Man's Catching Wind, coming to wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all it's right, just, I, was, I was breathing heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ASMR, but it's just. It's just us breathing heavy after we walk up the stairs in our house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The funny thing is, it's it's not that that far off. Okay, Um, let's switch to from old men like us to young guys who are about to to maybe make some bank. There's a report this week, multiple reports. came out of Bleacher Report was the first one, but then a couple of other places picked it up. It says Tyler Hero, he of of the Jack uh, Harlow song, Yep. Uh, you know, he's uh, his next contract could be for the max. Now, this is he's having listen, he's had this is his third season, he had a great rookie season, they made it all the way to the finals, he was a big part of that. Last year, it kind of dropped off. This year, he's back, he 
he's probably the leading contender for sixth man of the year right now. Would you agree? He and Kevin uh, Love. You know what? I'd have to agree. Look, I was a big Tyler Hero proponent back when he first came into the league because I'm like, yo, this kid can score. Mm-hmm. Like, straight out, score. Um, I had him on my fantasy team his rookie year. And, of course, you know, he put up some great numbers every now and then, but the shooting percentages were just shit, which is fair for a rookie. Yep. But defensively, he's not really much of a... Uh, no, he's a pylon. A, uh, like, well, I was trying to be nice, but... No, no. Let's, you know. let's, let's, we don't need to be nice. Yeah, young man, young young one there over there, he's doing okay. I, I'm yeah. sure his ego is not going to be hurt by two dudes in Scarborough who can't get up and down stairs. No, he, he's dating uh, what's her face that Instagram model. So you know he's he's not he's not pressed at all. Yeah, bro, bro's doing just fine, just yeah. fine, both personally but, and professionally. He's, yeah, he's on a winning team. He's he's scoring his, his, his shots back. He's doing, but is he max contract worthy? That's just to give context. That's five years, one eighty four. Mm-hmm. Well, yo, uh, let's just talk about his stats this year so far. So yeah, fired up. You know, uh, twenty one points a game, almost twenty point nine. Uh, four point eight. Uh, sorry, three point eight assists a game, and like eighty seven percent free throw shooting. His he's got a pretty good effective field goal percentage, fifty one point eight. Or sorry, yeah, fifty one point eight percent. That's not too bad. That's not bad. No, but again, for, for like a scoring guard, that's pretty good. You but, know is, I mean? but is Tyler Hero your big three? Because your big three then becomes. Jimmy, Bam, and him with Kyle Lauer being a very expensive fourth piece. Look, I'm telling you, if if Tyler Hero, like, do you think they're going to still pay Lowry the max? How many How many years does Lowry have left? Two. He's got. He signed a three year deal. He's 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 still on the board for thirty mil for the next two years or twenty eight mil. What's What's Bam making? You know, uh, Bam's, got, Bam's got this. Bam's got the contract. The the Siakam contract. So like. You know, around the same thing. Like, basically, if you sign him, you're not getting anybody else, and you're gonna have to say goodbye to some of your bank, like your your depth, right? You're just yeah. You're, so, do they do they move Oladipo then? Oh, Oladipo says so. Funny enough, you said that. So he and Caleb Martin Jr. both came out this week. There's a report that says they both really want to stay with the the Heat. Well, yeah. of course you do. You've done nothing, and you got paid. Like Caleb oh, Martin. Yeah. Caleb Martin just wants to stay in the NBA. Like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Come on, shut, shut, shut the like. Oh, I really, like, uh, of all my choices, I want to stay in South Beach. Bitch, you want to stay wherever the NBA flights are flying. You, you, if, Min- yeah. if Minneapolis, when Minnesota was like, hey, you can come here, then you'd be like, yes, I've always wanted to be a Timberwolf. Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. that was for all the depot. Bro's probably looking at a, another vet minimum because what have you done this year? Yeah. He's, you know? Well, he's going to, he's going to graduate. So he's going to make 1.5 next year, Caleb Barton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I forgot Oladipo is only making two point three, right? But again, you won't have that money. You no. you, you won't have that money because he's you know like you're going to give it to Tyler Hero. I'm not saying so. Tyler Hero. The, there's two questions I have, and I want to hear your your thoughts. First is is Tyler Hero a max guy at twenty point one, and a guy who comes off the bench? I mean, he's young, and you want to sign him, but is he max contract? That sounds like that sounds crazy to me that you're going to pay him more than you're going to pay Lowry. That he's going to get more money than DeRozan. That he's going to get more money than basically, uh, you know, seventy five percent. No, of the but league. look, look, we we crazy. we have issues in the NBA where the hot hand always gets rewarded, right? No, you're, you're, you're that's, fair, so that's fair. That's how you have guys like uh, Nick Batum fucking still making. 20, 28 mil, whatever. Yeah, like he was up to last year. Right? Uh, Timothy Mozgov was making 14 mil a year. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll. This is a Mozgov Pro podcast. Wow. We love, the, we love the Moz. On the Lakers. Remember that? And that's, that was the decline of the Lakers. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that put the Lakers. <laughs> Timothy Mozgov is the reason why the Lakers are losing today. <laughs> no, but like. To, him and Luol Deng. Remember that? That was the same summer. They signed both of them, and they were like, we got Mozgov and Dang. And you're like, shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah. The headline is is Timothy Mozgov. Oh, yeah, and we also got, you know, Luol Dang, who's, you know, borderline all-star. But, you know, but look, look at the big man we got. The next line of big men. From Kareem to Shaq to Dwight Howard to Timothy Mozgov. The tradition continues, bro. 
<laughs> oh my god no listen i i hear you but i'm and you're right about the hot hand but i just i have personally i'm like i don't he hasn't done enough to for me to, to earn the max like that's crazy talk but yo if you if you talk to other guys like if you watch this kid play like he can let it up at any time he has he's clutch he has that clutch part to his game you know what i mean has he gone for 40 okay um, has he dropped a 40 piece at any time uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Can he take over and dominate a game quarter to quarter to quarter? No, like, 34 is his max. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, I'm not saying he, he, he won't probably, he, maybe he develops into that, but I think we're going to rush him to sign him into a big contract. And listen, good job on his agency uh, for going and getting that money, but, or, you know, it hasn't been put out there. It's just they, the reports, and maybe it's, they're trying to soften the ground to sort of be like he's a max guy, and then the Miami comes a little lower. But like I don't know, for a guy who was on the precipice, you know, if reports believe that he was kind of the guy the Raptors were targeting, and for the Lowry trade last year, obviously yeah. they didn't want you know Miami played it right because they're like we're not giving you anything for yeah, him. They, they, saw, saw, they saw who he was. Have, you're gonna have these junk pieces later on, right? But. What? My second no. question, though, my bigger question, the bigger issue that I think this brings up is should teams heavily load up on max guys in the, in the front at the expense of their bench? And I'll give, you, I'll give you two examples. The team that did it right, which is Milwaukee, right? And they went and developed, and they got a whole bunch of young guys that they can develop into, like DiVincenzo's and those guys in their – and I know he's not, not there anymore, but you know what I mean. Like they built up their bench with a bunch of younger yeah. guys. Connaughton, um, Bryn Forbes, those cut that, that type of guy because they went in all in on the right pieces, the right combination of their big three, right? Which is to say, they had Giannis, Middleton, and and Drew, right? A defensive guard, a point guard, uh, a great secondary scorer in Middleton, and then the most dominant, maybe one of the most dominant players we've seen in the last while in Giannis. Yeah, that's a good example of it. The bad example is the is our friends the Los Angeles Lakers, who are paying Russ Westbrook forty mil. They're paying max money to um, uh, to LeBron, who I think is actually I think Russ at forty three and LeBron's at forty one or thirty nine and a half. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And Anthony Davis, you know, as you said, Data Davis is going to get. I think he's I think he's on a max deal as well. And you gutted all your pots. So now you look at that bench, that Laker bench. Stanley Johnson is getting serious minutes. Yeah. Stanley Johnson and, and DJ Augustine with their big um, signing. What are, like, that's a team that can't do. So I'm, I'm wondering to you, my question is, should teams load up like that? Like a Milwaukee or an LA? Or should they kind of try and spread it out and get a deeper bench um, group? Well, you can see what that brings you right like it either you hit a home run it's basically you're going are you going to are you risking it all for a run like if there's a window that you believe you can win a championship with i see no problem doing it but it's it's a home run swing you know you're not going to hit a single you're not going to hit a double it's either going out of the park or you're popping up that's it Mm. so that's a cop-out answer i know it's kind of a bullshit answer to give you but like what else can you expect from a, a team that loads up on these uh, high 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 dollar players, right? So they can be yeah. really good or really shit. Well, so then you look at a team that's gone probably the hottest team in the NBA right now with the Boston Celtics, or they were for the last month, right? Mm-hmm. The Boston Celtics were, were have been cooking, and they got two guys. They got Tatum on a max. Brown is basically almost a max guy, and then they surrounded the rest of those guys with really good middle of the market I shouldn't say middle of the road guys because they're good guys but like mid-market contracts like they have more money to spend on a bench they have more money to and like you and I were ripping the Celtics for, for developing their bench and not having one and then now they basically on the fly and I gotta give Brad Stevens credit um, for pulling it and, and a they joke of pulling those pieces together the they have figured it out yeah. you know like they have eight guys who I'm like oh okay that's a solid rotation yeah but they haven't dumped all their money into into three guys, and then, you know, have the T.J. Augustine, Malik Monks of the world um, fill out their bench. So I'm 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 torn. I'm always torn, and I'm always thinking, like, to be honest, maybe I'm old school in this thinking as well. And I know that you have to pay in all sports. You got to pay younger players earlier to 
to lock up their primes, right? But I just feel like Tyler Hero at, a, at a, five years, 184, like that's a lot of dough for Tyler Hero. And you're hoping that Tyler Hero um, continues. But like we've seen, he's had one good season, one bad season, and he's in the midst of a pretty good season right now. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. And again, like you said, the defense, I want someone who, personally, I want someone who can play both ways. My, my favorite players are, are guys like Giannis and Kawhi and Paul George. And those types of play now, obviously, those you know, two of those three guys are injured chronically, so you have to factor that in too. But you know what I mean, like guys who can kind of play. No, you have to have like that defense. Like it has to be in your scouting report since like high school. Yeah. I, you don't really see a guy develop into a real a true two way player. Like yo, unless it's your Gary Trent Jr. Like yo, that guy. But it, as we see with GTJ, it's all about effort. Yes. Right. Like absolutely, the the mind will only go so far. But at a certain point, you have to try on defense. Mm-hmm. And for Gary to try so much, like remember what what we said earlier in the year, like you know, like would you you could you would compare him to a heroish type of guy? You know, uh, like, sure, like a scorer, yeah. just a pure scorer, right? And in years past, uh, Gary's been a fucking pylon, correct? Well, listen, yeah, I think having to be put in the right system helps a lot too like a, but, a good coach can put you in a good system right do you, do you see what i'm saying like the effort is what is required Absolutely. no no yeah you know what and so we'll take a look at the raptors who by the way after a little bit of that post last week we talked about their post all-star games the slide well they've turned it around they've had they got three in a row including a really impressive win last night in denver oh, okay. on sunday so that we're talking about the saturday night game that was a good that was a good win yeah but you look at the three best. Who are the three or four best players on that team, right? Let's actually let's go through their starting, their 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 regular starting unit, right? All of those guys are defense first, offense second, came along type of guys. Fred VanVleet is a defensive pest um, who has turned himself into a fantastic deep threat, and now he's a two way player. Gary yeah. Trent Jr. I still, you know, think he gambles a little too much on defense. Yeah, he does. Like the the IQ sometimes falters. Like he yep. goes for a lot of bonehead yep. steals. Yeah, but I, lo- I you can't you can't hurt uh, you can't knock the hustle right no. there. OG Ananobi came in as a in his rookie year, and they're like, okay, bro, you got to guard LeBron in the playoffs to shut it down. You know, and he did a uh, he pushed that the team pushed them uh, the Cavs to seven games, and that was a good like it was a good. Good effort, and now he's now OG's got a like we've been raving when he's when he's healthy, and that's a whole other thing. Um, about his about his offense, Pascal yeah. came in as an energy guy, defensive guy, and now is you know he's got moves for days. So you know, like Scotty Barnes, you know, hey Rook, by the way, jump on in and play. You know, you're going to guard four positions in one game. Go for it. You know what I mean? So I like guys like that. I like the I like where the Raptors are going, and I like guys like that. And Tyler Hero, to me, unless he turns around and makes a huge commitment to defense, I don't think you're going to get that. So you're going to are you comfortable paying him forty million dollars a year for just scoring? For just scoring, yeah. That's and all, you know, that's you know what? Money. Like I don't I don't want to wish ill upon the guy, but like he's a bit too Hollywood. A little too flashy for you. You get what I'm saying? He's a bit too Hollywood, like. I don't want him to uh, get get this big bag and then just you know turn in just like fall off a fucking cliff. I don't want that. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, the question will be: Is is twenty points worth a, a game? Worth you know that kind of deal? And I, that's the question. That's my only question. I just don't see him as max contract guy yet. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see like. You know, some, but I guess that's you know he's going to get it somewhere, right? Or he thinks he's going to get it somewhere. That's the thing. If you if you don't pay him, someone else is going to pay him. Right, right. Yeah, you're probably right there. Okay. Well, Tyler Hero, good luck to you. I'm sure. Um, you know, uh, the two dudes in Scarborough uh, endorsement will really seal that contract for you. So no worries there. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about coaching. Um, I'm a huge uh, fan of 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 coaching. I think coaching is important. I think uh, I really I'm. Players play the game, but coaches, if you look at Sha- – and the perfect example that I always go back to is Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Kobe were together before Phil Jackson. It didn't work. Right. So coaching a lot – and they were a good team. They got, they got their wins. They won the points. Their win, if you look at the number of wins that they got, 
with Phil Jackson versus without him, there was, he's probably worth a couple more wins a, a night. But what he does is he installs that mentality, right? Exactly. Gets organized, and that's why I have to talk about like some of the the big uh, big coaching stories this week, which is that Greg Popovich, long time coach in, uh, and basically he was the general manager, and then he gave up general manager and became just a coach in San Antonio. He now is the all time winningest coach in the NBA history. So. We'll start with there. What are your thoughts about Popovich? And then we'll, uh, we'll do a little, uh, a little list for, for the listeners. Well, Popovich started the Spurs dynasty, right? Yeah. So he's like, you know what? As a person, I think he's just a, an incredible human being. I, I really, I can see why guys would basically buy in and want to die for the team playing for that man. You know what I mean? He holds people accountable, but not in the way that, you know, really fucks them up in the spotlight. But he, re- like, if, if the team is not playing well, he'll call them out. But he does it in a constructive way. And you really don't, like, you get what I'm saying when I say there's too many bosses, not enough leaders in the world? Yes. You get what I'm saying? Like, Popovich is a true leader. Absolutely. Right? Uh, no, absolutely. From everything, he, you know, from his, from his, the way he con- conducts himself to the way he, uh, you know, his legendary interviews on the sidelines with uh, with Craig Sager and and uh, on the TNT broadcast. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube. Click, just yeah, Greg Popovich TNT interviews. They're they're hilarious. They're fantastic. But he so he has a he has a, a sense of of uh, the moment. And I'll tell you the other thing that's really important is you can say that he he had great players, and he did. When you ha- when you go from David Robinson to, to have David Robinson and Tim Duncan on the same team, like that's you're, you're set. Yeah. But the story is the the great stories are, are of um, Tony Parker. So Tony Parker came into the league. He was 19 years old. He didn't really know things, and he was kind of being a bit of a lack of a better way to put it, a bit of a shit. Like he was just kind of like not doing what he needed to do. And Popovich legendarily ripped him. Like, just rip this guy. And apparently, you know, some players are like, well, I don't think that was really fair what he did. Yeah. But Tony Parker, to his credit, Tony Parker said, I wasn't the, he was, I was a boy and he helped me become a man by telling me that I had man responsibilities. And that's the type of guy that you need to, to control these young dudes, you know what I mean? Right. And so as a league gets further and further younger and a league that has further and further empowered players, and I, I got no problem with empowered players. But players also have to understand that with that empowerment, they have a certain, you know, professional responsibility, you know, to to butcher the uh, the Spider-Man thing. But like legitimately, yeah. you do have more responsibility and, you know, and, and that power that you have, uh, you want it there. But Popovich is the type of guy who's like, no, 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 no. We do have a way of doing things here and it's working. So you have to buy in. And so what he did is he went to his guys and he went guys like Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan, who, you know, where he lands in the top uh, players of, of all time, I don't know for sure, but he certainly was the best player in Spurs history. Yeah. Right? And arguably a top 25 of all time player. Absolutely. And if he's saying, no, no, this is the way we do it, Pop is the guy, Pop's got, you know, that's what we do it, then everybody else kind of falls in line, right? Those, those like you said, bosses versus leaders. Well, he delegated leadership, and Popovich oftentimes would, would go out and say, it's not me. It's the players who have to hold themselves accountable. I have my job is to make sure that you know the team is there, but they hold themselves accountable. And when you set up that kind of situation, the Spurs. I don't think we're ever going to see a run like the Spurs did, where it was like twenty, was it twenty two, twenty three straight years in the playoffs? Yeah, that's insane. You know, it's like them and the and the Detroit Red Wings for the long in hockey were the two teams that were like, holy smokes, they're just every year they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they're not always championship years, but like they were always there. They were always in the playoffs. They were always competitive. Like that's that's amazing to me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So for Popovich, I think yeah, he's there. So hey, look that's before good. before we go on, yeah. I got a little Popovich story as well. Yes, please. Yeah. <clears throat> so a few years ago, Jane and I, my wife, we played in a uh, a co-ed basketball league, right? Just for shits at this um the school at uh, Mount Pleasant and Eglinton, right? So it was like it was like one of those like rec leagues, whatever, and it was co-ed. So it was just like you know you're just out there fucking around, having a good time. And the dude who ran it, like he was like the ref as well and the scorekeeper, 
so he was a big NBA guy. And he fancied himself a little bit of a coach, right? So one day we get into the gym and we're just uh, shooting around, getting warmed up. And he comes through and he's like, hey, how's it going? He always greets us. And he goes, hey, come here. Shake the hand that shook Greg Popovich's hand last night because the Raptors were playing the Spurs the night prior. <laughs> and I go, uh, I'm like, all right. So I just shook his hand. I'm like, and he went around to every single person on a team, on both teams, and said that. I'm like, did you not wash your fucking hands? Like, yo, bro, like, I, this man held Greg Popovich in such a high regard that right. you came to us just to, like, for clout or something. I don't know. But he's like, shake the hand that shook Greg Popovich's hand. And I just looked at my wife and I'm like, what the fuck is <laughs> Like, sure, cool, buddy. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that's, little... that's the effect that this guy had on people. You know? But this is this is the thing. So my, um, I have a connection to San Antonio through my wife. My wife's um, mother, uh, my mother-in-law lives in San Antonio. Okay. She doesn't really know, doesn't really know basketball, but you know, you follow the, the you know, what's in there and the Spurs are the, are the biggest game in town. So, you know, they're, they're a big deal. And um, what's interesting is he is not just beloved by NBA people. He's beloved in the city of San Antonio, partly for what he did, but also just kind of, I think, for like, oh, my God, this is an upstanding guy. Like, he's just a just a guy. He's just a good guy. Now, Kawhi Leonard will say opposite, you know, that he, he didn't like it. And some players, you know, came out of San Antonio, playing in San Antonio, did not like the, the, the style and the system. And they didn't, they wanted more. A different kind of coach and there's there's some thought that maybe Popovich might be sort of too old school in some of his ways but I have to say you know he's he's embraced the new um sort of philosophies of coaching as well but he's not going to change who he is he's he's and it's worked it's worked yeah you know all these guys who complain uh so you know I to quote Patrick Waugh I'm sorry I can't hear you I've got all my rings in my ears (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, Popovich can't hear you complain because he's standing on a, on a stack of trophies. Yeah, you know, so like sometimes you just gotta, you know, it, there has to be some give and take, but that goes for everybody. All right, I want to ask you about who you think the top three coaches of the last 25 years are, and I'm gonna put Popovich aside because we know that he. Like, we'll just take Popovich aside for a second. Last so, 25, the past 25 years. Um, not honestly because it because the cheap answer the easy answer is oh red hour back you know yeah i'm like all 11 championships and i'm not and i'm even saying that also by the way takes it pat riley from the lakers so you can't use the lakers pat riley oh so you can't use a short-time laker pat riley okay no, okay because that's more than 25 years ago my man all right so if we're doing that i'd say so the, basically this is from 1996 97 phil jackson oh yeah He's on, he's on my list too. The Zen Master Phil Jackson. Absolutely. Um like it's kind of shitty to say Steve Kerr because did he really do much for that team? Like he it's you have the three greatest players, you know. <laughs> in their, in, in their franchise history, absolutely. And, However, remember Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, and I don't know if Draymond was there, but straight uh, but Thompson and and Curry were both there when Mark Jackson was there. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't do nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So maybe not Steve Kerr. Or maybe Steve Kerr. I don't know. Okay. I'm on the fence. All right. But Larry Brown, too. Larry Brown. Excellent choice. What he did in Detroit, what he did with the Clippers, like Indiana, wherever he went, they won. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. I didn't have Larry Brown on my list. Um, I had I definitely had Phil. Obviously, I think for obvious reasons there, Phil Jackson is a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, I would. I wasn't. I didn't even think about Steve Kerr just because for the same reasons you did, right? So I wasn't necessarily going by guys who just like flat out won. I'll give you another example of a guy who I think did a, an amazing job but didn't necessarily get it um, over the over the hump um, was Flip Saunders. Ah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, the Kevin Garnett years. Those Kevin Garnett years, and then you know, remember Minnesota's always been behind the, but they behind the eight ball because you know it's Minnesota, <laughs> and no, it's just the players don't want to go there, right? Yeah. But, they, but I mean, he kept that 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 wall scene, even the Kevin Love years, right, where they were like not necessarily making money, but they were they were getting close, like they were there. He he developed a lot of guys. Yeah. He had a lot of respect for Flip Saunders, and I'm going to give you another name, and that's Eric Spolstra. Yeah, the LeBron Eric Spolstra. 
Yeah. The Heatles. The Heatles. And again, you can say, okay, so he, he, was, he was gifted one of the great teams. But remember, the first year, they didn't win. Um, 40 games in, they were like 21 and 19. Like, they were not. So he had to pull that team together. And that was his first year as a head coach. But but since then, look at that. Look at the Heat since then. LeBron leaves. Dwayne Wade leaves. Uh, Bosch is unfortunately had to, you know, forced into, you know, shutting it down. And that team was still competitive every year. Exactly. You talk about heat mentality. You talk about heat culture. Eric Spolster. Eric Spolster was the beginning of that that culture change. Exactly. He was the start of that culture change. Exactly. So I got to give Spolstra, um, I you know, honorable mention goes to the local guy, Nick Nurse. I think he's on his way, but I don't think it's been enough. No, he hasn't had the, the uh, body of work is not there yet. That's right. And, um, you know, and I will give uh, a shout out to, to your guy, Larry Brown. I think Larry Brown was a fantastic. Yeah. Yo, one honorable mention, you know, uh, I, I, we don't really pay too much attention to Utah, but what about Jerry Sloan? Yeah, that's a great, great one. Jerry, the, 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 you know, rest in peace, Mr. Sloan. But yeah, you're right. Like, man, amazing, amazing. Uh, he was the coach for so many years and really built that team into whatever it was. Um, two finals appearances. And I, I guarantee you, if Michael doesn't have the game of his life um, in that, in that, we'll call it the, uh, the flu game, wink. Yeah. Um, I think Utah has a real shot at that. Agreed. You know, another honorable mention is George Carl, you know, great coach as well. But, you know, I think I'm, I'm happy with my list. I got Spolstra rated above George Carl just because of what he was able to do when they just basically threw the keys on the table. All right. Is there, who's the, <laughs> who's the coach who you just shake your head at? You're like, how, wh- how did that happen? Oh, God. Uh, uh, I got one from the Raptors and the, 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 that'll make you laugh. Well, I to this day I will always blame uh, Coach Bud for killing Derrick Rose. Sorry, who? Boonholzer. For for killing Derrick Rose. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, uh, am I right with the timeline there? Uh, he was never in Chicago. What are you ta- like? What are you referring to? Wait, what am I talking about? Hold on, hold on. Yo, tell me yours. Let me let me do a quick All right. Here's here's who I got for you, Daryl Walker. Daryl Walker. That name does not even ring a bell. I'm not going to lie to you. So the Raptors fired Brendan Malone in their first season. And they're like, we're going to bring in former NBA player Daryl Walker, one-time friend of Isaiah Thomas. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anytime you say Isaiah Thomas, I'm like, oh, fuck. They went 16 and 66. Oh, boy. That's the champ right there. And the best part about it is he came back the next year and then he quit on the co- he quit six games into the season. He was like, nah, this isn't for me. No, Drew. Yeah, we know it's not for you. You ain't good at this. Yeah. So yeah, yo, what I was saying before. Um, I my, also to Kevin O'Neill, my man Kevin O'Neill. Oh, Kevin O'Neill. God, that yo, you give me PTSD, man. <laughs> Fucking bullshit ass. You look Larry David looking motherfucker. Listen. <laughs> Speaking of uh, middle-aged white men that look alike, I, I got up, I got my uh, my Tom Thibodeau's and uh, oh yes, I see that's you, Tom Thibodeau. Yes, 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 yes. They look alike, don't they? Am I just tripping? No, no, you're right. He did kill Derrick Rose. Yeah, he got Derrick Rose an MVP, and then he full out ran that horse right into the ground. You ever seen those movies where they like they have to like ride the horse for like all through the night, and the horse just like collapses at the yeah, end? That's yeah, what, that's what he did to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose yeah. Just get on his back and ride that horse as far as getting. Absolutely, uh, man. I can go down a whole list of like raptor coaches who just killed me, um, but we'll we'll leave it there with uh, with the memories. Speaking of Kevin O'Neill, just quickly, do you know where he where he went after the Raptors in uh, no. fired him after one season? Do you remember? No. He went to a college. He went and became like a college head coach. And I forget the exact college. I want to say it was like a something state college. But he went to – so this is the guy who would like go to your – like college coaches, for those who don't know, they'd spend a lot of their time recruiting, having to go and get re- top recruits to sign with their thing. So this is like the college coach game is you have to be really good in the living room, right? This is the salesman. This is the guy. Who, how the hell is Kevin O'Neill going to come in and be like calm and be like, tell you, your son is in good good shape with me. You can leave him with me. Oh, the thing where I recorded, um, you know, team members so I could play it back for them. No, don't worry about that. The uh, the thing where I destroyed a hotel room after we lost uh, on the road. Don't worry about that. 
I'm a calm and reasoned guy. You yeah, take care of your son. Guy. You know, okay, so I just bought up his Wikipedia page. Yo, he was uh he was the assistant to uh Lute Olsen at Arizona. Yes, he was. And then yes, he, he was a head coach at USC. Did you know that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he went to like USC, like he went to like he was a head coach. Wow. Someone somewhere thought, I mean, again, listen, X's and O's and losing the pros, it's it happens, right? Like it's best coaches in the world. Like they're for, you know, it can happen to them. Yeah. But when you look at when you look at the temperament and the way that that team quit on Kevin O'Neill, they just quit on him. And then again, this isn't a, a team of superstars who are like, oh, we're just frustrated. We got to get in the right. No, no. This is a team of guys who are still holding on for their NBA careers. And they're like, fuck this. I can't deal with this guy. You know, Kevin O'Neill, the man. But then, yo, do you remember when uh, the rumors of uh, Sam Mitchell and Vince Carter physically fighting? Or was that yeah. Ray Ralston? Yeah, man. There's some good stories. You know, we'll, we'll go down the – we should do an episode, and this is just future talking. We should do an episode of us uh, just reminiscing about all the wild and, and crazy stuff that happened that we heard about anyway yeah. in the public, uh, the Raptors story. I would, I would love that, that Tom, because there's some, there's some nuts stories um, from the funny to the, like, how is this a professional team? Yeah. You know? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go down that road for sure. Like we'll all right. You know what time it is. It's the best segment in the the most popular segment of, of the show, obviously. It's Catching Strays with Brandon. Brandon, who's catching one this week? <laughs> well, you know, hear about instead of catching a stray, let's catch uh catch some uh some flowers to right. Oakland because watching them get behind Clay Thompson last night, it was amazing to watch. You know, he shot himself out of a slump a little bit. 38 points and a whole bunch of three-pointers. Like, it was really good to see that. Really the good. splash I, is back. I have no ill malice toward anybody this week. Oh, wow. What about you? Oh, I got some. Oh, mm. I got someone lined up. Let's go. Let's oh, go. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a real uh, real problem right here with uh, – and. and it's a slightly older story, but still one that I got a problem with the WNBA ownership. Oh. Not, not the Brittany Griner situation. We talked no, about no, that. No. I think that's a problem. I'm talking about the PJs, the private jets, yeah. the chartered planes. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you, Brandon, I'm sure you've heard about this, but Joe yeah. Sai, who's the billionaire owner, he's a co-founder of Alibaba and AliExpress. He's got some dough. He also owns the New York Liberty uh, franchise, and he owns the, the Brooklyn Nets. So the man knows about basketball. He's a huge basketball guy. He wanted to fly his team private or charter plane. They He did it, and he got fined $500,000 because he flew his team on a charter plane. Now, remember, some of these teams, some of these players were having to fly. So during the Phoenix uh, playoffs run this past year, Phoenix Mercury players had to take three separate flights. They, had to, they didn't have enough seats for a whole team on one flight. So they had to take three different flights at two different airports. They were flying yeah. commercial. And some of these, you know, these are, these are professional athletes. Some of these women are, you know, over six feet tall. So I'm a six foot tall guy. I have a hard time sometimes in, in some of these plane seats. I can't imagine. And they're having to fly land at like 2 AM, get into the, you know, commercial. Like it's crazy. So he was like, I want to fly my team, um, you know, uh, chartered. They said, no, it's an unfair advantage to the other teams. Yeah. Okay? Unfair advantage to the other teams. So what did Joe Sai do? He said, I know some people in the commercial uh, airspace. I'll arrange for free flights. And we'll have a travel sponsor. Yeah. The league said, absolutely not. So NBA players get chartered planes, planes held for them. Customs comes to them, lap of luxury. The WNBA players have to fly, still have to fly commercial because some owners felt uncomfortable. It's not going to cost you any fucking money. It costs you zero dollars. There, you know, whatever Delta is the official airline partner of the WNBA. Bullshit. That's all you have to do, and you're not willing to do it because of pride. What? Like, I don't understand. So it's that's what's catching my there's, there's nothing. They just don't want people to have next thing. I don't know what it is. There's no reason not to do this, right? It's that uh, wealth inequality gap. You know what I mean? Bullshit. But like the 
I mean, here's the thing. The WNBA, to me, had a phenomenal season last year. Right? Great season. Good competitive balance. Um, We all thought Seattle or Las Vegas and then, you know, Chicago Sky and the great story of, you know, Candace Parker coming back and leading her team to her hometown to the championship. Like, that's great. Yeah. great stuff. Build off this. Give these women, like, we remember, do you remember the WNBA bubble versus the NBA bubble? Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's all I'm saying, man. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You have a free. You can get free flights that are private jets for the for the the WNBA players, and it costs you zero. All it costs you is a partnership. It's it's stupid. It's 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 absolutely stupid, and so that's why I've lined them up, and they're catching one this week because, good lord, it makes no sense. Yeah, none. Brother, we've come to the end of another week, another show. We will what, live. To die another day. <laughs> we we will, and of course, next week we'll have a whole bunch of stuff. We're gonna talk uh, the NBA, but we'll also talk the, our first impressions of the of the March Madness tournament, which March Madness gets underway. For those of you who are still wondering when that is, they're back. They're running a full uh, full tournament, and uh, the tournament starts this Thursday, which is also St. Patrick's Day. So it's you know drinking all around. Yeah, speaking uh, right. of which, we gotta we gotta fill out our brackets, eh? Oh, we do. That's true. We do. And what we'll do, tell you what, what we'll do is um, we'll fill we'll we'll fill them out um, Monday or Tuesday, and we'll throw it up on the socials. So you can find it yeah. on Instagram at Brandon eighty eight or at uh, D Labitt on on Instagram. You can jump in and you can see who we picked. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, brother. I will. Uh, I will see you uh, in the driveway. All right, boy. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks so much to, for Brandon to jumping on and talking the things up. We do both urge you to go to redcross.org to support Ukrainian relief and also find whatever petitions, wherever you can. I know change.org has one for the for Ms. Brittany Griner. we got to get her home safe too. If you like the show, you can like, share, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify is a great spot for that. You can find Brandon at Brandon88 on uh, Instagram or me D Levitt, D-L-E-A-V-I-T-T, on the gram as well. You can find our NC2A picks up there a little later this week. And by all means, hit us up with any comments, suggestions for the show, anything at all. We'd love to hear from you. That's it. That's all. We'll be back again in seven days to talk about three more stories from around the association. Until then, have a great day.